Hello and welcome to our At Any Rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast, a place for us to discuss recent developments and key issues of focus in the emerging market fixed income asset class. I'm Johnny Goulden from the Emerging Market Strategy team here at JP Morgan, and I'm joined by Saad Siddiqui, also from our Emerging Market Strategy team. Saad, thanks for joining. Hi, good to be here. So, it's been a pretty strong start for emerging markets and global assets in 2023, actually continuing the rally seen since early November, given the combination of easing inflation concerns, which have fueled the sense that rates are peaking, uh, but also a much faster than expected reopening in China. While EM assets have had strong positive performance generally after the last Fed hike of a cycle. The challenge for us has been a bit to try and balance this tactical stance or window uh, that we can get that with more pervasive concerns around the US recession and how late we are in the cycle. And this week's downside surprises in, in US IP and retail sales are probably a reminder of some of those risks. And certainly, it feels in some ways like there's a growth tug of war here between the slowing US and now this China reopening uh, in the way markets are having to assess it. The wild card, I think, for EM assets is probably the magnitude and the spillovers of the China reopening because that's newer and is probably still being calibrated. And that has potential to extend this period of uh, EM asset price strength. So that's really going to be the focus of our discussion today. And Saad, the theme of China reopening after COVID restrictions should now be familiar to most. What has it actually meant, though, in terms of growth forecasts and and some of the market observable variables? So it's true that the market narrative has been increasingly focused on this theme um, since since December. But the reality is um, it's still very difficult to uh, to to calibrate uh, the magnitude of the type of uh, growth surge that we're going to get as a result of it. Um, you know, the, the data suggests that we could have, you know, before we get the increase in growth, we could see some of the adjustment pains to come. So that's a general caveat uh, about the fact that it's still very difficult to have um, a strong sense of where growth is going to be headed in China. But for what it's worth, you know, our China uh, economists have increased their full-year growth forecast for 2023 to 5.6%, uh, and it was previously 4.4%. But I think the important thing is really going to be the sequential pace of growth in the coming four quarters. So without getting um, you know, inundating you with numbers, um, the next four quarters, we have growth um, forecast at 3.7% in Q1. So that's still relatively slow. And then we see a bigger pickup from the second quarter onwards. So we have over 10% growth forecast for the second quarter. And then in the third and fourth quarter, we have 75 and about 6% sequential growth, respectively. Now, these are still subject to large uncertainty, so they could change and um, you know, possibly, um, you know, if, if this growth um, surge is higher than expected, then we could have even greater than, you know, say 10% type of number. So these are the headline numbers are going to be large, I think is, is the bottom line. Now, as far as the asset price rally in EM is concerned, you know, emerging market assets, uh, as you pointed out, Johnny, have, have had a strong 
performance since October, but it's not only been about China. You know, we've had uh, more comfort about uh, the terminal Fed funds rate being adequately priced. We've seen uh, disinflation uh, in the U.S. and some downside surprises to inflation there. So that makes it very difficult to disentangle how much asset prices are reacting to a uh, China reopening or uh, whether they are rea reacting to some of these these other factors. Um, I'll just give one observation there, or maybe two observations. One, it's clear that within China itself, if you look at you know China specific assets, whether it's equities or high yield credit, that component has rallied quite a lot. Those are the first order beneficiaries. But if you think about the spillovers, um, EM currencies have had a reasonable correlation in terms of relative performance uh, to a country's trade links to China. So you find that countries that have had a high uh, trade link to China have outperformed and those currencies with lower trade links have, uh, have generally not done as well. Um, there are some exceptions to that. You know, if you take Brazil, for example, BRL has probably underperformed Brazil's uh, trade linkages to China. Notwithstanding the difficulties, in simple terms, how should we or could we try and answer the question of whether a China reopening has been under or overpriced by EM markets? Okay, so we've tried to take a stab at this, you know, almost impossible question uh, this week. And we do we employ a relatively simple methodology. So without getting into the complexities of it, we first compute a basket of assets that we think are very highly correlated to China's growth, right? So you get a bunch of assets and uh, you take a basket of those assets and you find that, you know, this basket has high correlation with say China's PMI. So now you have a basket of financial assets that are a reasonable real-time proxy for the market's expectation of where you know, China's growth is headed. And then you try to compute, well, um, let's take, you know, emerging market currencies or emerging market rates or sovereign credit, and um, you compute the relative performance of those assets to this index of, of this kind of China growth sensitive index. Um, and when you run a model um, with uh, a regression, of you know, using this um, index as your explanatory variable, you can get a sense whether you know those other assets have you know overpriced or underpriced the recovery in China relative to what our you know real time growth proxy index is saying. Okay, so we got that in without too much technical information. So well done. But broadly, does this work well for explaining? how EM currencies, EM rates, and EM sovereign credit markets uh, move. Yeah, so we get um, some differentiated results. Um, so first of all, we find that this index, uh, our, our China growth proxy index, is most relevant for FX, and it's also relevant for sovereign credit. It's not that relevant for EM rates and duration. Now, those results are not really surprising. We know that the main spillover from China into 
other emerging markets is primarily via the growth channel and the commodity price channel. Uh, it's not really via inflation or a direct you know, ex exporting of China's monetary policy. So it's reasonable to expect that those assets that have a higher sensitivity to commodities prices and to growth, which are you know, FX and credit, uh, have a greater sensitivity to China, to, to this index, whereas rates tend not to really trade off the back of China growth impulses. Um, so it's in line with our intuition. Okay, so EM rates markets, this China reopening theme may not be the biggest driver at the moment, but coming then to the parts where we do find it's more relevant, what is it telling us about the market reaction that we've seen over the last few months in both EM, FX and credit and whether it's uh, been too much or, or too little given uh, the China reopening? So what we find is that currencies generally have underreacted to this China reopening theme, given what our, you know, the, the basket that I mentioned above um, has done. Whereas sovereign credit, if anything, has probably rallied uh, more than what would be implied by the uh, reopening growth expectations uh, in China alone. And if you had to look then, so you're saying currencies have maybe underreacted, which ones, if we can answer that question, have caused that underreaction to the to the China reopening theme. So it's instructive here to look under the hood because um, if you decompose the outperformers and underperformers to this China theme, generally speaking, uh, the outperformers have been the commodity importers, and the underperformers on this theme have been the commodity exporters. So some of that is understandable. So amongst the commodity importers that have done um, and that have outperformed are the Korean won and the Thai baht. That's reasonable because those are two very obvious direct beneficiaries of a growth uh, spurt in China. And the market really has kind of latched on to those to play this theme. But maybe that's been a little bit overdone given what's warranted. On the other hand, if you think about the commodity exporters, whether it's um, PRL, uh, the RAND, um, and, and some others, those have uh, underreacted relative to this theme. So I think the story here is that the market has, first of all, latched onto the first order beneficiaries, which are the China-specific assets. They've rallied a lot. Then the market has looked to some very obvious candidates within um, you know, it's China's neighbors that will benefit via trade links or tourism links. And, and those have performed quite well. But I don't think the market has fully joined the dots for the spillovers that come via the commodity price channel. And, you know, that's understandable as well, because we don't really have uh, the data yet, you know, that this reopening is still something that's, that's going to play out uh, in coming months. But if there's an area where I think there's a catch-up potential, it's in those uh, commodity exporters that have high trade links to China. Um, you know, we've been recently recommending a more constructive stance on Latin American commodity exporters uh, currencies. Um, so this analysis supports um, that change of stance. Okay, great. Um, maybe just to wrap up this sort of bottom line 
where the question we started out trying to answer when we look at em assets generally you know following all of this do we think that the china recovery story is already overpriced or or, or not priced enough so bottom line is that um so far given what say the first order beneficiary assets have done uh em currencies are probably pricing in less of a recovery um versus a sovereign credit which is probably pricing in more than what those uh, other assets have done but also let's not forget that um uh, you know china's recovery story is is something that's um still very much in flux in terms of trying to forecast uh where it's uh, ultimately going to uh get to um but you know right now the, the that basket which i mentioned of china growth sensitive assets it's implying a china pmi of around 50 um that's still below the peaks of where china's pmi has peaked in in recent years um so i think the entire market it's not just about the relative pricing of assets which is what we've been talking about um in this podcast but in absolute terms as well i think we could we have scope to price in more recovery so it's it is a a bullish tailwind uh for sure and i don't think on the whole that it's um um you know massively overpriced if anything probably a little bit underpriced in, in the assets that we talked about so how do we then factor in this china upside against the other part of the growth tug of war i think at the moment which is the us slowdown we've seen that in recent data and and some of these other cyclical forces so i think johnny as you mentioned in your intro to this podcast that we do have a tug of war right now between um these two factors of a china reopening growth surge uh versus the slowdown in the us overall i think tactically um the analysis we've done makes us more comfortable uh with em currencies and a sense that you know if you, if one is selective and those that have a bit of a valuation buffer uh you could see more upside uh on the rate side of things um you know we've been bullish on duration for some time now we've been in, you know kind of increasingly going in that direction um in recent months and the ongoing disinflation um globally and in em and the fact that monetary policy has peaked that for uh for us is the overriding factor to consider on duration now at some point this china recovery if it's well above our expectations it could end up being uh a new impulse for inflation globally as well i think it's probably too early to be um kind of trading that theme or casting one's mind out that you know that far ahead because we still have several steps to run through you know first we need to see the china growth and then the impulse by commodities prices and at some point that might lead to inflation down the line but it's not really the relevant driver i think for rates so i think we're quite we're still quite comfortable holding uh bullish rates views uh in em uh, and the bar for exiting those um is quite high but johnny just sticking with this um kind of view on balancing some of these tactical forces we've already had a very strong rally taking place um since uh since the end of last year uh what are we getting in terms of just the technical positioning of the market 
uh, for kind of tactical for tactical purposes? Yeah, so looking at the very near term, we've had a strong rally and we are getting some indications that markets are already getting fully positioned and probably would mean we should caution against getting too long at, at, at sort of bad levels. If we look at our EMFX risk appetite index, which we do look at a lot, um, it's been a very good technical indicator in recent years and it's a weekly indicator as of last week, it's getting pretty close to overbought territory. So when that tells you the market is is overbought, it's been a good signal um, on the short side. So you want to go against the, the fact that the market is looking overbought and it's been pretty reliable uh, in terms of uh, following that, you get negative returns in in currencies, slightly more modest in credit. So, uh, in the very near term, we're certainly watching that uh, to see. Uh, but it's it's sort of telling us the market is getting more fully priced. So, a bit of near term uh, caution is is warranted on that as well. And that brings us really to the end of this JP Morgan at any rate emerging markets focus podcast. Thanks to you, Saad, for joining today, and thank you all for listening. And we hope to have you back again with us for the next one. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2023 JP Morgan Chasing Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on the 19th of January, 2023.